Thanks everybody for coming out tonight uh, to this, our fourth night. Um, and Lord willing, we plan to have our next meeting on Sunday evening at 7.30. We'd love to see you back for that. But we thank everybody who's come out tonight uh, to meet. And so before we open up the Bible and speak from verse 5 of Isaiah 53, we'll ask God's blessing on this meeting. Pray. Our Father, we come uh, this Friday evening. Thank you for safety on the roads tonight. And thankful, too, for so many of us. And just by being here, we have given testimony to how important the gospel is and how important your word is. And most of all, how important and significant your son is to us, into our life, and to the meaning of our lives. And so as we speak tonight in this greatest of all messages, we pray, Lord, uh, that you would be pleased uh, to speak to many in this meeting tonight, but that you would speak especially to those who are still in need of the Savior, in need of the very assurance, a blessed assurance, that Jesus is most definitely theirs. And so we pray, Lord, for help, and we ask to encourage everyone here as a result of hearing once again the joyful sound that Jesus saves. So bless our gathering here. Think of many who are traveling tonight and others who uh, cannot be here. Uh, we pray, Lord, for your blessing on them as well. And wherever the gospel is going forth, we ask that Christ would be exalted. And we ask all these things now in your Son's name, the Lord Jesus. Amen. So if you're here for the first time tonight, or if you have not been here in previous nights, um, we're going through the book, uh, the chapter of Isaiah, chapter 53, and uh, we've also asked the audience in general to try to memorize the chapter. It was one of those chapters that many of us memorized when we were younger, and we are uh, all the better for having known all 12 verses. We started in verse 1, and we then moved to verse 3. Last night we spoke on verse 4, and tonight we come to Isaiah 53 and verse 5. Isaiah 53 and verse 5. And what's very unique about this verse, amongst many things, is just this. Uh, I told you when I was born, so I can tell you how old I am. I'm, I'm 37 years old, and I'll be 38 uh, this coming summer. But the first time anybody ever asked me to get up in front of other people and to speak the gospel message. That's a very nervous time. If anybody else here has had a time like that, they would agree. Very nervous time for your first time to get up and to look at people and to know that there are people in the audience who are not going to heaven and for you to have to get up there and say, speak from God's word and tell them something from God's word. We say, where do you choose? What verse would you choose? If it, if it was your first time to get up here and to tell people that you would love to see in heaven, you said, what verse would you choose? And so your mind goes through all the great verses that you've heard. Well, when I was 19 years old, on a very cold December evening in the year 2002, I was asked for the first time to stand up and to preach the gospel message. I had only been saved for four years, and I got up that night, and I opened my Bible, and I read Isaiah 53, 
and verse 5. That's the verse we're going to read tonight. And actually, that night, someone got saved through hearing the words of Isaiah 53 and verse 5. So if you think that maybe, well, how important are these words? Well, I thought they were important enough that the first time I ever got to speak, those were the words I wanted to speak on. And they're important enough that there are individuals in the meeting tonight, and they could say, this, this is how they found out that Christ died for their sins. So let's read the words of Isaiah 53 and 5 together. Isaiah 53, verse 5 says this, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement, or the punishment, of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. We'll read it one more time, and if you forget it, it's on the wall right there. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Those are great words. The words of Isaiah 53 and 5. Uh, I, I take it that one day when I get to heaven, there's a lot of things that I'm looking forward to finding out in heaven, but I don't know if this will be true or not, but I think that in heaven, you know, when we ask people, well, how did you get here? I will never have to ask anybody that question. I will never, ever, ever have to ask anybody in heaven how did you get here? Because everyone will have the same answer. They will be able to point to one man, God's Son, Jesus Christ, and they'll say, that's how I got here. But sometimes the, the way in which we found out about Jesus Christ is different, and we go through the scriptures, and I'd love to find out one day how many people will be in heaven because these words told them something they did not know before. And after they heard them and believed them, they knew something they had never known before. That this, he was, and they are. He was wounded, and they are healed. A significant verse when we look at it in that way. And not only that, but it's one of those verses, and it has these Conjunctions in it, we call that in English. And sometimes words like but and words like and, they're just fillers in a sentence. And, and how many people here have heard those words and, and it was just, a, it's actually sometimes a negative thing. You ever heard someone tell you something, well, we're, we're going to go, you know, sometimes a family will tell the kids, we're going to go away this summer and, uh, you know, we're, we're going to go somewhere fun and uh, we're, we're, we're going we're gonna to fly, we're not going to drive this time. And you're just waiting, you're just waiting for the parents to say, but, but. And then you find out you're going to visit your grandma. You're not going to the amusement park. They all but or sometimes you hear words. Uh, you're at a store and and they, they show you the, the thing on the wall. You say, "Ah, it's unbelievable! I'd love to have that." Some some nice piece of technology, maybe the latest whatever it is, phone. And they go, "This right here. This is not 5G. This is 30G." And you say, "Wow!" And they'd say, "You see that screen? That screen? That's bigger than any other screen." And, and you're following them, and you're just saying, "This is what I want. This will." And and they go on, and 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 and, and the amount that you'll be able to do, and they say, "But, but it will cost you both your arms and both your legs." 
And it's just a letdown. This idea in life of all the things that sound so good, and you're just waiting for that, but to lend you and bring you back down to earth. You know, the Bible's just the opposite. The Bible's just the opposite. It, it tells us something that's so terrible about us, and then it, it, it throws in that interjection and tells us, here it is. Here's the good news. The Bible does that on so many occasions. In Romans chapter 5, it tells us this, that, that people will not die for individuals. They, they barely, barely will die for good people. But, but God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Just, just throws it right in there. You go to Ephesians. And you find out there in chapter 2 that, that, that we were just going after our desires. Whatever we wanted, that's all that we were interested in. Just what I want. What I want is what I get. And, and we were just so focused on ourselves. Not only that, it says that we were children. It was like our parents were wrath. We were children of wrath. And it says, but, but God, who is rich in mercy with the great love wherewith he loved us, has united us with his son, Christ Jesus. I think one of the greatest ones is in uh, Acts chapter 13. It says when they had fulfilled all that was written of him, the Lord Jesus, they took him down from the cross. They laid him in a tomb. You know, I visited that tomb. And you know what I can say? I can say the next verse. But God raised him from the dead. He's not dead anymore. Maybe the reason you're not saved tonight is because you think Jesus Christ is dead. You don't think he's really alive. And that he can save you. It was a thief on the cross who said one of the greatest statements. He says, we are getting what we deserve, but to this man, he's done nothing wrong. So over and over again in Scripture, you get this interjection, not only but, but the verse ends with a great and. And it says, and, of all these things that are so negative, the chastisement of our peace, bruised for our iniquities, wounded for our transgressions, and you're, you're slowly thinking that there is so much guilt that is added here. How am I ever going to get out of this situation? And it says this, and with his stripes, we are healed. I love that, and. It, 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 it brings the whole verse together and says, here's the hope, and. How wonderful tonight that you could be, and. We could say Isaiah 53 and 5 was enough to save that person. And tonight we could say, and. Maybe we could point to you. But not only those two significant words, but and and, but when I come to Isaiah 53 and 5, it's something that's so significant because at the end of the verse, there's two things that we get. We get peace and we get healing. Peace and healing. Sometimes people think it's just all the same words. Just all the same, that there's no, there's no difference. It's just you get a lot when you get salvation. No. The Bible makes it really clear. You know, whenever you get wars that go on, you know what's so sad? And uh, recently, I went down to Arlington, uh, which is the national cemetery in the United States for people who have died in combat. And when you go to Arlington, you can look as far as the eye can see, and all you can see is tombstones. And just one after another, one after another, different men who served in different wars at different times, but all for this purpose, of wanting this to be a land of the free and home of the brave. And over and over again, you see all these men and you say, peace, but peace that they can't enjoy because they're dead. And so the verse says here, you can have peace with God, but not only that, all the wounds and all the, all the 
the, the, the terrible things that sin has done to me and has done to you. It's one thing to have peace, but to be healed. To go to battle with God and not only to know that I was going to lose, but to have peace with God and to realize that I can be healed. But the verse tonight, I just want to speak on it in this way. When I look at these words, sometimes we speak about these words and we talk about that he was wounded and he was bruised and, and chastised and punished. And you say, be, be more specific. Be more specific. You ever, you ever ask people to do that? People tell you something and you say, whoa, hang on a second. Be more specific. I, I don't want to just hear general things. David, I want you to tell me very specific, precise things about this verse that was written 700 years before the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me do that for a couple minutes. The verse says this, He, in Isaiah 53, we said last night, over 40 times you get He, Him, He, He was bruised, He, His chastisement. You say all this that goes with Him, He was despised. He was rejected. They made his grave, his, and all these things that belong to, you say, who is it? Who is it that they're speaking about? If you open the Bible for the first time, as actually on the back of your pamphlet, it was the question of a man who read Isaiah 53 for the first time. He read it, and his first question was this, who is the he? Who is it? The Lord Jesus Christ, God's only son, this is the he. You say, be specific. God had millions of angels, but, but it was only one son that he would give. Only one son. Of all the different individuals that could be sent, it was only one of the trillions and trillions of human beings that have called this earth their home. There was only one who was sinless. This he, this man. It was him, the Bible says in the book of Job, he took the earth and he hung it on nothing. But it was only this man that allowed other men to take him and hang him on a cross and call him nothing. This is quite a he. If you don't know this person, if you don't know this man as your Savior, this is the greatest he to know. See, be specific. Be specific. This is, this is the person who's actually seeking to save you. Seeking to save you. This is the he that we've read about. What a significant person, God's only son, of all the people that you want to know. There are famous people, and I would ask you, do you know them? And you would say, no, I know of them. When I talk about Super Bowl winners, when I talk about uh, a, a great millionaires who might live in Connecticut, when I talk about people that are so famous, you say, yes, I know of them, but you don't know them. This is the man who is the greatest man that the universe has ever known. And not only do you have the chance to know about him, but you have the chance to know him personally. The same way you would know me, or you would know your parent. You could know him. What a significant man. It says, he was. He was. You ever hear, sometimes older people do this. They go, oh, when was? They, they talk about in the past. And you're like, when was that? When was that? 
And, and, and people, they, they, their memory, you say, oh, it was, it was just a long time ago. Yeah, you, you, you'll hear, I'll ask my grandparents sometimes, when was that? And I'll be asking about something from my life, and they'll pick a date before I was born. I say, no, it's not possible. I wasn't even born then. It can't be about me. And they'll say, oh, it was, it was so many years ago. And I say, no, no, that was just two weeks ago. And, and time seems to lapse, and you say, was, he was. You know, there was a day, it was a Friday, just like today. A Friday. I don't know what you did at 9 o'clock this morning, but on that Friday at 9 o'clock in the year AD 33, it was a sunny day. It doesn't say that it rained that day. It rained today. It was a sunny day in the year AD 33, 1,988 years ago. From 9 o'clock until 3 o'clock, this he, Jesus Christ, he hung on a cross for you. He was. You know, it's all in the past. It's all in the past. The salvation, if you're waiting for something to happen, if you're waiting for something else, this is something that was in the past. He was wounded. Wounded. When I, we speak of being wounded, there's a lot of things that might come to your mind. You know, there's actually five ways in which wounds appear on a human being. When you think of wounds, you can think of aversions, or you can think of abrasions, you can think of punctures, you can think of uh, uh, sometimes incisions. There's, there's different ways in which a human being can be wounded. I think five in total. You know, the Lord Jesus had every one of them wounded that day between the hours. Nine and three. Wounded. You know, there's also, when you'll see the Lord Jesus, they said about him, there were disciples who saw him, and he summed up to them and he said, Behold the wounds. The print of the nail that were in his hands, and in both his feet, and in his side, five different wounds on him that actually the Bible tells us will be there for all eternity. They'll never go away. And yet, specific, specific, he was wounded for, be specific, for. If anybody was there that day at Calvary, they would realize one thing very quickly. You couldn't stand there and really want this to happen. I don't know if anybody here has ever had to break up a fight. It takes a brave person to do that. Or you see something happening. A lot of times we just kind of scroll videos on YouTube and we like to watch these things, but actually a lot of us are maybe too cowardly to do them. You see someone getting attacked and you'd say, there's always some guy who's very big who, who stops it and who's able to break it up, and who's able to stop the violence from taking place, and we say, thank God for people like that. You know, that day at Calvary, when individuals watched this man, this he, the Lord Jesus, being wounded on that cross, no matter what they did to him, as far as what the Bible said, there was no one who said, stop! Maybe you think if you were there, I actually believe if I were there, I, I really do, I really think I would say, stop, stop, what are you doing? What, why? Why would you do this to the man here on the cross? Why would you do this? Why the nails? And why the piercing? Why all the wounds to him? And I would ask the soldiers, I might ask the people who were religious, I might ask the people who were watching as they walked by, I just want to know why. Stop! Stop! Anybody who, who knew that person on the cross would have had to have said that. Why? Stop! 
Stop. I thought that for a long time in my life, that I would have liked to have stood up and just told people to stop. That this, this wasn't necessary. But to be specific tonight, to be specific, he was wounded for my transgressions. It was me. So if, if I stop that, I stop me from ever going to heaven. If I stop the cross, I stop my chance of ever being forgiven. If I stop what's going on there, if I stop that he was wounded, and there's never a chance of me being healed, if I try to break that up that day, it's the great testimony here that it says he was wounded for our transgressions. It's a, it's a word that maybe we don't use anymore, and it, it, it means this. It's often a thing that we, we draw a line. A lot of times laws are like that, and, and, and teachers and parents will say something. They'll say, do not do that. Do not cross that line. They'll make a rule. They'll say, you have to be in bed at this time. You cannot cross over the speed limit. You cannot steal. And, and all these rules that we have, it's like a line. And that word transgression means this, that we saw the line. We saw what God wanted on this side. And we saw what was wrong on that side. You know what we did? We just did this. We did it because we wanted to. We did it willingly. It wasn't a mistake. Sometimes people say, oh, I didn't know. I didn't know that, sir, when I got pulled over, I didn't realize what I was doing was wrong. And, and I, I asked forgiveness. So the Bible says this, that each one of us were transgressors. It means we knew there was a line and we decided we didn't care. We didn't care. We were going to cross over that. Because really, who was watching? Who really cared? In fact, the first man, Adam, saw that line. And God said to him, don't do that. Don't take that tree. And instead, he willingly chose just to go right over that line. You know, thank God for every one of us here who willingly chose to sin. There was a man who willingly chose to suffer. No one had to force him. No one, had to, no one had to push him out. No one had to tell the Lord Jesus, you must do this. He willingly chose to go to Calvary in order to be wounded that I might be healed. He chose that. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised. He was crushed for our iniquity. It has the idea of just being crooked. Our, our lives, never everything about us seems to be messed up. Seems to, to never just be right, no matter how hard I try. It's this idea of just iniquity of, of things. You ever see things that are crooked and you, you see a, a, the base of a building, if it's not laid correctly, the, the rest of the building is always not going to be right. And our whole lives, because our foundation was built upon something that was crooked, sin, it's never going to be straight. And yet he was bruised for our iniquities. Uh, the chastisement, the punishment that we get peace was his. But, but the end of the verse, how wonderful. It's with his stripes, we are healed. The verse ends that way, and it's significant because that's salvation. It, it, it starts with he was, and it's in the past, but it, it, it ends with we are, something in the future. It's something so significant to have, and it's actually something that the Bible attests to in the New Testament. First Peter tells us that 
that who his own self, the Lord Jesus, in his own body, he bore our sins on the tree, that we being dead to sins, we might live to righteousness. And listen to the next words that he says. He says, by whose stripes, by whose stripes, we have been healed. So when you hear those words, those wonderful words of being healed, you might think that there's no problem within you. And, and you could be like me. If you said, Dave, when's the last time that you visited a doctor? Um, on my own, maybe like six years ago. Right? You say, oh, that's not good, Dave. You better, you better get back, right? You better get back to the doctor. I, some people I know who like going to the doctor, and I, I find those people strange, right? You know, when you think of sickness sometimes, you know, when I was, when I was 15, they told me, they're, they go, they go, you have a disease and there's no cure for it. You're going to have it the rest of your life. It was a sad day. I'm still alive. But they said, you know, you, you get these things sometimes. People, I, I, you work with people and you hear about people who get these diseases and they're lifelong. And, and you, you feel sad. You say, no cure for that. And, and, and every time we have a fundraiser at school, and every time we do something, it's always for something that does not have a cure and there's no hope. And when you open the book of Isaiah and you go to chapter 1, it tells us something there about ourselves. And it says from, from the top of our head to the, to the bottom of our feet, it actually says from the sole of our feet to the crown of our head, it says we are full of wounds that have not been healed. We are full of injuries that, that have never met medical attention. It says wounds and, and bruises and sores. And it talks about everything from the, from the head down. Things that are, are, are actually need bandage, need something done for them. And here we are in life, and we're waiting as though we'll be okay. I remember the old hymn book that we used to have, and on the front of it, it talked about the Lord Jesus. And it said this, life is short. Because actually, we were all born with this great disease called sin, and you know what? It guarantees one day uh, that we will die. One out of every one person dies. But the hymn book said, life is short. And the reason for that, sin is the cause. But you know what? It said death is sure. But that Christ was the cure. Significant, when we come to this verse here, about the Lord Jesus, and about this, that healing is found here of all diseases, for sins. And so as you listen to the words once again, you can be reminded of how significant they are, and you can be reminded of how specific they are, because it talks about you and I. It talks about you and I having a chance to be healed of the greatest of all diseases out of sin. But to know that for sure, because it's written here, he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, with his stripes. Don't forget that. His stripes. We are healed. It's, it's a guaranteed prescription for an illness that no one else can take care of except for this man, Jesus Christ. Now he said, I didn't come for people who were healthy. I came for people who are sick. I didn't come to call righteous people, but sinners to repentance. So sometimes we have to be reminded that we must know of this illness in order to ever know that we can also know the doctor who can heal it, Jesus Christ. 
So, as we listen to these verses here, each night in Isaiah, this is one of the great ones. Isaiah 53 and 5 so clearly tells us about all the terrible things that were ours. And yet for each one of those, it tells us something that the Lord Jesus did. And that he did it in order that we might be saved from the sins that are bringing us down to hell. And instead, that we would have a chance to be with him eternally and to be saved. So we'll just close in a word of prayer. Our Father, we give thanks once again for your Son, the Lord Jesus. Thankful for uh, these scriptures that we have known since we were so young. And we think of, of how many times we've repeated them and almost not thought about them. And yet, we're looking forward to the day when we will meet the key of this verse, your Son. And how significant all these truths will be. And, and yet, we're thankful for so many of us, our salvation. Uh, we recognize the, the disease that we had and the one who could deliver us uh, through words like the ones we have read tonight about our Lord Jesus Christ. We ask, Lord, that you would bring us home safely tonight and that, Lord willing, we'd be given another opportunity to consider your Son and all that he has done for us at Calvary. This we ask now in his name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Uh, maybe before